Well, hello. Thanks for joining in again today as we uh, walk through the book of Daniel. Uh, So if you have your Bible, look up in the Old Testament to Daniel chapter 1. Uh, yesterday, we we looked at the context of the book of Daniel. We kind of read chapter 1, verse 1. Well, today we're going to look at verses 2 through 4 of Daniel chapter 1. And if you haven't listened to yesterday's, I would encourage you to first go listen to that so you'll understand the context of what we're talking about. Well, Daniel chapter 1, verse 2 says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. And then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish and of good appearance, skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. All right, so as we mentioned yesterday, Babylon is ruled by none other than King Nebuchadnezzar. But here we want to camp out on this thought, verse 2. It says, The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. This is a tough pill for us to swallow, because here we're looking at the active judgment and discipline of God on his people. So Jehoiakim was the king of God's people in Judah. Jehoiakim had not been compliant with the ways of Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. So Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar responded with um, besieging warfare around the city of Jerusalem. And here it says what, what King Nebuchadnezzar did. He took, he took a lot of the youths, which we're going to see is, includes Daniel and his three friends, takes them out of Jerusalem all the way back to Babylon to essentially try to train them even brainwashed them into being good Babylonians. But we got to look, this is what the Lord is doing. Now, if we lived in Daniel's day and we did not have the backdrop of the scriptures to understand the the spiritual aspect of things, we would say, well, this is all Nebuchadnezzar's doing. Nebuchadnezzar's being a ruthless tyrant and he's being greedy and trying to conquer lands that don't belong to him, much like is going on in our current day. A lot of these same things are being said about President uh, Putin with Russia and their invasion of Ukraine. A lot of similar things there. But here, these were God's people, God's covenant people. They had made a covenant with God, uh, with Moses back in Deuteronomy, uh, even before that in Exodus, but it was kind of re- remade, reaffirmed in Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28 that God would be the God of his people, and he would bless them as long as they obeyed him. However, if they were to disobey them, then God would curse them, which meant that God would actively work against them to bring them back into obedience. So that's not a common message we hear a lot in our culture today. Even in church messages and sermons is the active judgment and discipline of God. It's definitely not a pleasant thing. I know if you've studied American history, um, in the early 1700s, there was this pastor named Jonathan Edwards, and one of his famous, even notorious sermons was Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, and it was all about the judgment and the discipline of God. Well, here we see that at work, that because Judah was in a covenant relationship with God, and based on those covenant agreements, if they disobeyed God, it would bring about the curses of God. Well, God is always true to his word. He had promised them 
that this would happen. And even though God had been patient and gracious over and over and over again with Israel and Judah, they continued to disobey. They continued to worship idols. You know, I mentioned yesterday that King Josiah briefly eradicated the idolatry in Judah. But once he died, it quickly sprang back up again, bringing on the wrath of God and the judgment of God. So how does that strike you, this judgment and this wrath of God, this discipline of God against his people? I will say that in the New Covenant, things are a little bit different. You know, the New Testament, Jesus says that He is the his blood is the blood which sets in the New Covenant. He says this as he institutes the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper in Matthew chapter 26. So we see that uh, things are going to be a little different in this new covenant. In this new covenant, there is no curses from God. There's only blessing. Jesus became the curse for us on the tree, the tree meaning the cross. And so he became our substitute. He endured the wrath that we deserve for us so that we are free. However, Hebrews 12 does talk about the discipline of God and how when we as believers and followers of Jesus continuously disobey, that God, because he loves us, disciplines us. Now, this discipline is not an act of anger. It's not an act of wrath. It's an act of love. It's an act of and a pursuit of transformation, changing our hearts, moving us to be obedient and lovers of God, because that glorifies God, and that's absolutely best for us. So the Lord, he is just. And a lot of times in our New Testament type teaching, we tend to focus on the love of God, the the mercy of God, the grace of God. And this is all so true and so hugely important. But we cannot forget the justice of God. Justice seems shocking now because we're so accustomed to grace. But that doesn't mean God is no longer just. It's just that Jesus bore that justice for us on the cross. Aren't you glad of that? So live today. Walk with Jesus tightly today, enjoying his grace and mercy, because Jesus took our justice, took our judgment for us. Walk tightly with Jesus today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.